Are we going? Mm-hmm. Oh. You never really quite say. No. Oh, okay. okay. The old head nod. Yeah. Welcome back to the table, Alex. Welcome back. Me. Yeah. And you. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. No, the listener. Oh. You invited me here, so. Sorry. No, I didn't invite you. You have an open invitation. So you did invite me? No, it's just... It's just is. Um, did you enjoy your very first music festival last weekend? It was good. There was zero nudity. You just weren't looking. I someone who saw someone who had just tape. It's pretty much nudity. We weren't there for that long. I was honestly. promised a large amount of nudity, and there was no none. Yeah, your boss led you astray. I'm sorry. There's not a whole lot. But we were also weren't there for very long. It was so hot. Like a million degrees at least. Maybe two. And then we worked the beer tent. Yeah, you kind of got forced into it. No. Beer like this. <laughs> I volunteered. Well, your, your um, counterpart never showed up. And I didn't want to leave you there all alone, so I started, you know, pouring with the best of them. And I thought I was pretty good at my job. And even though it wasn't a job, it was volunteer. For free. But you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, for the most part. Didn't wear deodorant. No, but my, my parents brought you some really quickly. That was very nice of them. Um... This weekend, we're leaving the country. Bye. Never to return. We said we would do it in 2016, but here we are now. 2019, we go to Canada. We went to Canada in 2016 a few times. Yeah, but this we're leaving for good. Forever. Bye. We can still record a podcast from Canada, though. We just have to take everything with us. Canadian laws are are weird. No podcasting in Canada. No. You heard it here. You heard it, you heard it, her. You heard it here first. No podcast in Canada. It's not allowed. Is there no podcast in Canada? What song is that supposed to be? There are no cats in America. I don't know that song. Fifle. Huh? Isn't it fuck from Fifle? Oh, I don't know. And the streets are paved with cheese. Which one is that? There's a few different Goes ones. West. Oh, is it? Are you sure? I mean, I believe you, but I watched that movie a lot. Maybe it's not Fievel. I thought it was Fievel. It's possible it is. I don't... I remember Tiger, the cat, and he had his little bark, bark, woof, woof, bow, wow, wow, because he wanted to be a dog. I don't know what you're on about. Tiger. I only know no cats in America. Tiger, the cat, who was friends with Fievel. It's Fievel. is like a Russian mouse or something, whatever, right? Yeah. Fievel Mauschewitz or something. Mauschkovitz. Mauschvitz. Something like that. Moscow. Yeah. Do you want to just dive in? Yep. Into the four foot end. All right. I have a little thing to say before we start this. First of all, it's... I According to iTunes, because of our half episode, we're on episode 21. But this is episode 20 fully of sad tales and i think maybe after this one we should just like skip a number so that we're back up with it just be like the next one's 22 but we skip 21 then right drinking what that means it's legal then to drink fine we'll skip 23 it doesn't really matter but i think we should just you know just so that for continuity's sake anyway so because it's a a factor of 10, it's a big story. So, Alex, you got to sit this one out, man. You got to be a bench warmer tonight. Story of my life. <laughs> I was never asked to play first. You never played baseball. No, I mean, like, picking teams in dodgeball. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant you were never asked to play first base. No. You said I never. I was never asked to play first. Yeah, I was never, like, a first pick. Yeah. But do you see why I thought that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a big story. And I found this story early on into our podcasting. And I was like, 
Oh my god. First of all, it's a daunting story in terms of size of facts and things. And second of all, just so you all know, is gross. It's like real real twisty. The clown? Yeah, no. There's no clowns involved. That was episode 10. Gosh. Um so if you don't have a if you're if you're driving, don't get a strong drink. If you're at home, Get a strong drink. If you don't drink, get a friend or a pillow or a stuffed animal. And I just want to let people know that it's, this contains, I mean, all of ours contain graphic things, but this is a doozy. And a half. I was like making audible noises when I was researching. Like, I was just like shuddering and you're like, what's up? And I was like, I just read something about my story and it's a lot. (laughs) So you didn't know anything beyond the name? No, I did. I started reading like the first bits and I was like, oh my gosh. Because at one point I asked you to do it because I didn't really want to read it, but I wanted to learn about it. And then I just figured I'd do it now. And I didn't find too many podcasts that had done it. I could be wrong. All I saw was last podcast on the left. So we're trailblazing. Maybe because nobody wants to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Could be. We'll find out. All right, buckle up, kids. We're in for a buttercup. We're in for a roller coaster of a ride. I need it. What kind of roller coaster? Like a like one of those like caterpillars that just like kind of goes up and kind of comes down and kind of goes up, but the entire time it's bad stuff. But then the caterpillar. There's no real highs and lows. It's all low. Then the caterpillar turns into the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Mm Mm-hmm. Smoking opium. I maybe shouldn't have put an ice cube in there. Clinky clackly. Yeah, right. It'll melt. Or just eat it right now. No. Have you ever heard of Peter Curtin? I don't know, maybe. I think it's Curtin. It has an umlaut. Sorry to all the German friends of the world. I am doing my best, and I think I got most of these just by reading them, but I'm probably going to butcher all of them. Like he butchered people? <laughs> There's no, like, we're not, like, beating around the bush here. We're just, Peter Curtin is a bad guy. Was, is, continues to be. Uh, Well, I don't know what he's doing at this moment, but he was born on May 26, 1883. Maybe he has some ghastly activity after the fact. I don't know. So he was born on May 26, 1883 in a poor household with abusive parents, mostly his father, in Mulheim am Rhein. Rhine. Mulheim am Rhein. Like the Rhine River. Rhine. No. R-H-I-N-E. R-H-E-I-N. Rhein. Mm. Mulheim am Rhein. Rhein. Sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm proud of myself for knowing that a umlaut over a U is not like a ooh. It's like a U. You know? Ubermensch. Right. Um, in Germany, in case you didn't get that from all of my friends. Well, it could have been like Austrian. Uh, yeah, but I said all my German friends. Do they speak German in Austria? They speak Austrian. They also speak German, I'm sure. Um, Peter had, like I said, two parents that were abusive. They were also alcoholic and he had 13 siblings. Together, the entirety of their family lived in one bedroom. A one bedroom apartment. No, not like a... London Charlie and Chocolate House. Charlie oh. and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, we're back to the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory bit. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know if they shared beds. I'm sure some of them did. Maybe they just slept on the floor. I don't know. There's uh, 16 people living in this one bedroom, so who knows. Uh, Peter's father was an... Asp- 16. Yeah. Two 13 parents, siblings? 13 siblings. No, not, one of, not one of 13. Uh, I don't think so. Although I did read one site that said he had 11 siblings, so I don't really understand how you could get that wrong. I don't know. Um, Peter's father was an especially bad alcoholic, and he would come home from nights of drinking, and he was beat, he would beat his kids and his wife. And he often took out most of his anger on Peter because he was the oldest, and so he was, you know, the brunt of the aggression. And one of the things he did most often was to kind of abuse the children was he would 
beat the wife, his wife, make her strip, and he would have make her have sex with him in front of all of their kids. We're really just, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're really into it already. Um, age this started. Huh? What age did this start? Just. It was just like throughout. Yeah. I mean, he has 13 siblings, right? So like, they're, they're having sex. Um, at one point, his father went to jail for 15 months for having an incestual relationship with his 13-year-old daughter. And then after he went to jail, while he was in jail, the mom got a separation and moved to Dusseldorf, Germany. Got that one right. Huh? Got that one right. Right? I think it sounds pretty good. Um, in 1888, Peter was five, and he tried to drown his friend, like... A normal five-year-old, but he was not successful at it, so the kid was fine. In 1892, Peter was kind of not sure of what to do with himself or anything, so he became friends with a local dog catcher and started to go out with him on his rounds. And when the dog catcher caught the dogs of the town area, he would torture them pretty badly, and then he would kill them. And... Watching this happen became a routine with Peter to the point where he started to get into torturing and killing the dogs that the dog catcher was catching. Um, the abuse that Peter got at home when he was younger caused him to struggle in school, and but he would try to stay at school overnight so that he wouldn't have to come home to his home life. Mm-hmm. He ran away for weeks at a time, and he would spend time on the streets with, like, local miscreants and vagabonds and things. Right. And while on the streets, he started committing small crimes to get food, clothes, and things like that. At age nine, Peter was playing by a lake with two of his classmates. Um, One of them he knew did not know how to swim, so he pushed that one into the lake, and he started to drown. And the other boy jumped in to save the other one, and then Peter jumped in and held the second boy's head underwater while the first boy was drowning because he couldn't swim, and both of them drowned and died. I guess that is obvious. Um, You can drown and live. Can you? Oh, someone could just, like... Resuscitate. Yeah, yeah. Just like I think you could be electrocuted and still live. Right. Um, when they looked into the deaths, they found that they were accidental. I think they kind of wrote them off because, like... It's 1892. Well, yeah, and they're kids, and also the one couldn't swim, and who knows what happened, and et cetera. But like that one thing where when you're drowning, you drown the other person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, at age 13, Peter got his first girlfriend... And she was pretty happy to do certain things with him, certain intimate activities with him. But she made it very clear that she did not want to have intercourse. Um, but Peter was hypersexual at this point. I mean, he... 13. Well, not only that, but he's literally just seen sex all the time. So he still has sexual urges. And he starts to look for ways to get rid of these urges and um starts to have intercourse with animals sheep pigs and goats in local farms boom called it Uh (sighs) uh-huh but then he realizes that this is also not exactly enough Mm -hmm. so he start he comes across the act of, like, he just stabbed one while he was having sex with it, just because. And he realized that by stabbing one of the animals, that caused him to climax better and faster and whatnot. So he put, he drew the line and he was like, stabbing is sexual pleasure. So he started to stab every animal that he had sex with. Mm-hmm. 
He also attempted to rape his sister, who was the one that her father, his father raped, rather, sorry. Um, which is sad and disgusting and gross. In 1897, Peter left school and started working as an apprentice molder. I don't know what a molder is. Somebody who makes molds? I don't know. Um, He worked in this apprenticeship for two years before he stole all the money his family had, plus 300 marks, which was the German currency at the time. You might know that. I Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, Short for gold marks. Um, So he stole all the money that his family had, plus 300 marks from his employers, and then ran away from his home. Heading for? Koblenz. Austria. No. He never really wants to leave Germany. In Koblenz, he started to um, have a relationship with a prostitute. But was arrested a few weeks after moving there for breaking and entering and theft and was sentenced to one month in jail. So what does the light be any? Yeah. Yeah. In August of 1899, he was released from prison and started back into his life of petty crime and was really getting into that. Um, in November of 1899, Peter picked up an 18-year-old girl and persuaded her to have sex with him and then... After having sex with her, Peter claims that he strangled her with his bare hands. However, this is only based on the claims he made when he Mm. was later captured. Um, There's no evidence that that this ever happened and he never had a name to go with it or anything like that. Oops. Um, But by murdering this 18-year-old girl while having sex with her, this is when he realized that the the feelings that he felt when he was with the animals in the barns translated translated over to humans and then and that killing someone when having a sexual release was the only way for him to be satisfied hmm. and it kind of st- kicked the uh, issues into motion <sighs> all right that was it in the year 1900 like i don't know why but the zeros are weird to me you know well it's like uh come january 2010s will be over i know wild um in the year 1900 peter was arrested for fraud and then was later rearrested in the same year for the same charge that's illegal I don't know if it is in 1900 in Germany. Um, during the second charge, though, they tacked on more charges for the, the for theft in Dusseldorf. 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 Um, as well as an attempted murder of the girl, a girl in the area. And because of that, he went to jail for four years. In 1904, four years later, Peter got out of jail. Math checks out. <laughs> um, ba, ba, ba. In 1904, um, Peter was drafted into the German army and went to serve in the 98th Infantry Regiment. And he was not a military guy. It wasn't for him. So soon into his draftingness, he deserted his regiment. Also illegal. Is it illegal? Or is it just like, for shame? Going AWOL. Yeah. You can be put in, uh, they can get course from court marshaled. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, he did. And he like snuck away to a town, sort of nearby. And when he snuck away to that town, he started committing acts of arson and would watch from a distance when people came to fight the fires and see what had happened. Most of these fires were in barns and haylofts, and he said that he he committed approximately 24 acts of arson between the summer of 1904 when he deserted and New Year's Day. So, like, maybe if it's, like, July, that's, like, July. One, of, one every two weeks, something like that. 
Yeah, like two a month or something. No, way more than that. It's like three a month. About? Yeah. Well, but, yeah. It's Four a month. I guess. Yeah. Math. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's one a week. That's good math. It could be. We two a week. Yeah. Let's get a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Bu- 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 oh, I should have. No- <laughs> I'm stupid. The military learned that he deserted, and they found him, and he was tried for desertion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when I didn't even know my own story? It's new to me. Um. He was tried for desertion, and then they tacked on arson and robbery. And he went to crime. He went to crime. He went to jail for these crimes from 1905 to 1913. A lot of his time in jail was spent in solitary confinement because he created a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Troubled man. And he later, when interviewed, he said that the time in jail that he spent in solitary confinement he used to ignite his erotic fantasies of harming people. Even more, and he started to, like, increase what was happening to people in these fantasies in terms of violence. Figuring out how to get away with Plotting, basically. He had eight years of plotting. That's a first-degree murder. That math checks out, too. We're mathematicians. First-degree murder. Mathematicians. What's first-degree murder? Well, it's uh, going to sound like an idiot now, forgetting the words. And you have a plan. Oh. To murder somebody. Premeditated? Yeah. Right. Um, 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 um. <laughs> On May 25th, 1913, he's out of jail. And he's in the middle of committing a burglary at a tavern in his hometown. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. I'm making, like, spider fingers. And he's sneaking around this house, and he comes across a nine-year-old girl named Christine Klein, who was asleep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Things really just go downhill in terms of this. Okay. Um, seeing the girl, he decided to act on the fantasies that had, he had kind of been, like, stewing up in his mind. And he strangled her in her bed before slitting her throat. And <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable. It would appear so. Uh, <laughs> As her blood dripped onto the floor, he saw this and spontaneously ejaculated. Mm-hmm. As one does. No, no one does. As one does. Not one does. One does, and hopefully nobody else. Uh, And then that was that. Um, Her uncle came up from the tavern below the apartment and found her, and people initially thought that he had committed the crime because he was mad at his brother and said something about, like, I'll murder your family or something Mm -hmm. like that. But then they realized that that wasn't him that did it. Yeah. Wrong time. The next day, Peter came back to the bar to -hmm. drinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cat came back the very next day you heard to have all these cat references that's all you got a cat a cat thought a cat train of thought mm-hmm. um yeah he came back to the bar so that he could listen to the to people talk about the crime and hear their reactions and he said he got pleasure out of hearing how disgusted and appalled the townspeople were about the crime Continuing forward from this point, this is the point where I made an audible noise when I was sitting on the couch. Basically. Continuing forward, he often visited her grave that he dug for her. Oh, no, wait. He didn't dig it for her. (laughs) That was dug for her. That was dug for her. He, Continuing forward, he often visited her grave. Would take handfuls of soil and run them through, run it through his hands. And just that alone would cause him to ejaculate. <sighs> is this all the... He uh, soiled his pants. Is this all the inspiration <laughs> for uh, that Lonely Island song? No. 
sure about that? Yeah, but a character Angus? like this is in Salem's Lot. I don't recall. I read it a while ago. It was like called Kirtid or something. No, Kirtin. Something like that. They changed the spelling. Um, two, late, two months later, he went to Robbo House in Dusseldorf and found a 17-year-old girl. I always think Dusseldorf sounds like Doofenshmirtz. It doesn't. Kind of does. Do. And German. Um, found a 17-year-old girl named Gertrude Franken in the house. Franken, probably. Gertrude. Yeah. And he strangle- strangulated. <laughs> he strangled her and ejaculated when he saw blood bubbling out of her mouth and then escaped undetected. How are you doing? Good. Good is mm-hmm. the word you chose. Good. On July 14th, Peter was arrested for arson and burglaries. He keeps getting arrested. Like, maybe he's not great at this whole thing, but... He's not great at the arson part. Or the burglaries. The buglaries. The buglaries. The bugler. Ferris bugler. I'm just, just keep going. I'm just trying to yeah. a- avoid reading my notes. Just keep going. We gotta we gotta get a title out of this somehow. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid reading my notes. Um, he went to six jail for six years, uh, originally for these crimes, but he continued to have issues in prison like he did before, and it caused him to get an additional two years tacked onto his sentence. And his jail time was served in a military prison. I don't know why. Like he deserted the military. And he got already sentenced for his desertion. Yeah. So probably because he was quote unquote veteran. I don't know. After he was released from prison, he moved to a town called At Altenburg, sorry, where he lived with his sister. And there he met a woman named The sister he tried to have sex with. No. If there's an E on the end of a German word, do you think it's like Augusta? Because a lot of times, if there's an E on the end of, like, a word in a different language, it's like a uh. It's either August, which doesn't sound right, or Augusta. Or Augusty. Or a goose. A goose. A cooked goose. I'll call her Augusta, because I like it. Aggie. Aggie Scharf, who owned a sweets shop and was also a former prostitute. Sweets, yeah. She had all the sweets, you know? So juicy, yeah. What? You sound like you're from, like, the Netherlands now. Uh, The two of them got married. Married is how I just said that. And frequently had intercourse, although he said that he needed... Brag about it. (laughs) He said he needed to fantasize about violence against people to fully enjoy their sex. He and his wife moved back from Altenburg back to Dusseldorf. Because he really has a thing with that town. Once they got back there, he started to have an affair with a servant named Taida. And a maid named Mech. 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 It looks like Mech. How are they having maids and servants? And he's well off, maybe. I don't actually know what he did. Robbed people. Yeah. Um... Augusta found out about these affairs, and the two women reported him to the police, saying that he had seduced them, and Mech said that she was raped. Mech ended up dropping the rape charge, but Tida pursued her charge, and he was given an eight-month charge for this, but served six months in total. Six months, yay! Ten out of ten would say that was fair. I don't know. I don't know the nature of it, to be honest. But he's kind of scummy, so I don't know. And then this section of my notes is titled, A Year of Crimes. What's the subtitle? There is none. Mm. Sorry. Could do some work before I send it back to the publisher. I wrote 3,300 words for this. I hope you know. And what number are you on now? Can I select one and no? Mm-hmm. It says one out of 3,300 if I select a word. Mm-hmm. So, we're just beginning. On February 3rd, 1929, 
Peter started to stalk an older woman named Apollonia Kuhn. Kuhn? Kuhn, yeah. Apollonia. That's a cute name. When she was not visible by people, when she had, like, gone out of sight from most of the crowds of the town, he grabbed her and dragged her into the bushes where he stabbed her 24 times with scissors. Probably those us scissors. Probably. And then he made paper dolls. Some of the stab wounds were so deep that they hit bone, but somehow, miraculously, this woman survived. But had no real details about her attacker. Go figure. On February 8th, 1929, Peter strangled a nine-year-old girl named Rosa Olinger, Olinger, sorry, until she became unconscious. He then stabbed her in the stomach, temples, genitals, and heart with scissors. And then... While stabbing her, he ejaculated. He then dragged her body into the bushes and came back later to set it on fire and then climaxed again as it burned. Nice. <laughs> I went back and forth about even doing this story. Let's be real here. On February 13th, Peter stabbed a mechanic named Rudolf Scheer 20 times, mostly in the head, back and eyes. Breaking his M.O. Yeah. He did this on purpose. Um, he returned to the scene of the crime to talk to the police and gave them false details. And um, the police thought that even though it was kind of sporadic, he, they, they believed that it was possible that all of these people had been murdered by the same individual because they had a lot of stab wounds, some to the temple, and there was no obvious motive. He did not actually... Um, rape any of these individuals or anything uh um he between march and july of that year he said that he attempted to strangle four different women but none of them were successful and none of them died on august 11th peter raped strangled and stabbed a woman named maria han he said he saw maria earlier in the week Thought that she looked like, quote, a girl looking for marriage. What does a girl look like when she's looking for marriage? 14. <laughs> what? 14? In 18, what? 20? 1920? 1929. No. 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 Our great grandparents got married in that era. They weren't 14. How old was your great great grandparent? I don't know. Probably at least 19. <laughs> um, he saw a girl looking like she wanted marriage and asked her on a date. During the date, they walked around for a while before he took her to a meadow. And then he strangled her and stabbed her slowly so she didn't die. And it took an hour for her to die. Can you imagine, like, passing... No, we don't need to imagine. John Lennon was wrong. Don't imagine. I shouldn't lump John Lennon into this at all. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, we're going down a really rugged path that we shouldn't be on. After she was dead, he buried her in a field and had the intention of returning. The field? Where she was murdered? No. uh, Maybe. Probably, actually. Um, He had the intention of returning to the scene so he could drag her to a tree and nail her to it in like a crucifix-type fashion. But he... (laughs) This is my favorite. I forgot. No, no. No, he remembered. But this is great. He goes back. He goes to the body. And he tries to do that. And he realizes he's not strong enough. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Am I right? So he digs and buries her slightly. Even though she, wasn't she already... You said she was already buried in it. Yeah, but he, he, she was buried. He took her out. Mm. Couldn't really move her. Puts her back. Three months later... That's four. (laughs) I know. I tried to sneak it away before you noticed. Three months later, he wrote to the police anonymously saying that he killed Maria and drew a map to where they could find the body. On November 15th, the police followed the map and found her body, just like he said. Good guy murderer. (laughs) Or something. I don't know. Cocky? The whole thing. Serial killers want to be caught. They want recognition for what they've done. You think all of them? 
No, they want people to like. They want to see remember my name, Port Miner. See it in the papers or something. Remember the name. No. Mm. After killing Maria, Peter then thinks, you know, I need to set throw them off the scent a little more. So he switches from using scissors to a knife, trying to make it look like more than one person. I mean, scissors, just two knives. Yeah, I know. it's But I guess you can tell it's like maybe slightly askew or whatever, thicker. On August 21st, Peter stabbed an 18-year-old girl, a 30-year-old man, and a 37-year-old woman. But all of these victims survived their attacks and had no details to give the police. Like, what is he doing that they're like, I don't know who it was? They never said anything about a mask or anything. They're just like, generic white man, I guess. Germany's full of them. <sighs> Another generic white man ruining the world. Mm -hmm. Am I right? <laughs> sort of. Um, on August 24th, he was at a fairground in a suburb of Dusseldorf and saw two sisters, age 5 and 14, walking home from the fair. He convinces the older sister, Louise Lenzen, to go buy cigarettes for him. Also, like, she's 14. She can buy cigarettes? Can anyone buy cigarettes? He's, like, what, 37? I don't... He can buy cigarettes. Yeah, he could buy them for himself, but... He could buy them for himself, but he didn't. Uh, and he promises her 20 fennig, which is... It's made up. ...money, I guess. That's made up. No, it's not, is it? No. It's not real money. Yes, it is. Does so it have a low exchange rate? Well, it doesn't matter now. It's all the euro. Oh, right. And Louise is like, cool, sure, I'll leave my five-year-old sister, no problem. So he, she leaves, and then he strangles the younger sister, Gertrude, and slits her throat. When Louise returns, he strangles her, too, until she's unconscious, then stabs her torso, her aorta... And bit her throat twice, sucking the blood. You gotta throw off the scent. This guy is nuts. This is ridiculous. If anything, it's a case for why solitary confinement shouldn't exist. It's a case for... I mean, it started when he was, like, born. Yeah, but if it wasn't in solitaire, if he was in gen pop, it's probably... I don't wouldn't. know if those eight years really did much. He was already having sex with animals and stabbing them and having trying yeah, to have sex with his sister. Yeah, but if he didn't have eight years by himself... I don't know that... I think it still would have been bad, but... If he had eight years of contending with other prisoners, that might have been different. I don't know. Maybe one of them would have killed him. Yeah. <sighs> On August 25th, which is the day, the next day, Peter assaults a 27-year-old woman named Gertrude Schlute. Schult. Schulta. Schulta. Is it an A? It's an E. I'm pretty sure they're pronounced like an A. I could be wrong, but I'm going with it. Um, and he assaults her because she asked, he asked her to have sex with him, and she said no. And he says, quote, well, die then. No, yeah. That quote is like, really? Do you want to die? That sounds like a kid being like, we'll die then. And he stabs her head, neck, shoulders, and back. She survives the injuries. You're so close. <laughs> he survives the injury. She survives the injuries, but could not give any details about the attack. Again. <sighs> I, think, I mean, possibly, it doesn't make much sense, but it's possible that back in the day, people always weren't aware to keep track of people's facial features. Maybe. Like, crimes aren't really a thing. I don't need to keep track of what people look like when I talk to them. <sighs> this is a lot. I'm going to take a sip of wine, though. What are you drinking? Mm. I'm drinking a rosé brought to you by Wink, our sponsor. Did you know that I can order wine without leaving my cat? You do love that cat most of the time. All of the time. I can go online. I can pick out wines that are suited for my tastes based on a personality quiz. I push go. I pay for them and they get delivered right to us. And after you drink those wines, you rate them and uh, Wink will be able to, you know, figure out what other wines you might possibly like based on those uh, 
those ratings you gave and as you go forward they're able to give you more and more tailored wines to your tastes it's fantastic and this rosé is delicious and refreshing and it's just what i need in a heavy story like this and also the summer when it's sweltering hot and it gets delivered to our door and it has complimentary shipping if you use our promo code. So if you go to trywink.com slash sadtales, you'll get $22 off your first box of four bottles of wine with complimentary shipping. You can really can't beat that. You really can't. So if you want to go online and deliver, have wine delivered right to your door and try some new things, go to trywink.com slash sadtales to get $22 off your first four bottles of wine with complimentary shipping. Um... So, uh, in the month of September of that same year, 1929, he attempted to kill two people, one by strangulation and one by stabbing, but was unsuccessful. Unsuccessful on both counts. On September 30th, he encountered a woman named Ida Reuter at Dusseldorf Station. He got Ida to come with him to a cafe, and then they walked near the Rhine River, at the Rhine, he struck Eider with a Eider. <laughs> Ida with iron. I have no idea. Um, he struck Ida with a hammer repeatedly before and after raping her. Not during. No, I guess not. Uh, she pleaded for her life, but he continued to beat her and rape her. On October 11th, he saw a woman named Elizabeth Doyer outside a theater and invited her to go get a drink, to which she said yes. They took a train to Grafenberg, walked along a river, then he hit her with his hammer, raped her, hit her more, and then left her for dead. At 6.30 in the morning the following day, she was found, but died from the injuries she, she had sustained the next day. So she was attacked on the 11th and died on the 13th from the injuries. On October 25th, Peter attacked two women with his hammer, and both survived because his hammer broke at one point. Every time you say, like, his hammer, it sounds like a weird sexual in a window. Oh, God. He attacked them with his hammer. Uh, do you think he was using the, like, handle part, the wooden handle part, or do you think he was using the metal part? If you don't get that reference, oh, go back and listen to the Velisca Axe Murders where I'm a total doofus. Oh. Um, um, on November 7th, 1929, he found a five-year-old girl named Gertrude Alberman. This is the third Gertrude. Gertie. Gertie's come in threes. Um, in a part of Dusseldorf, in an area of Dusseldorf, persuade. What is wrong with me today? Persuaded her to come with him. When she he got her in seclusion, he strangled her, stabbed her once in the temple, and then left her body in some weeds. By mid to late 1929, the press had really started to take off on this story, and they started to call him the Vampire of Dusseldorf. Well, because of that one time. <laughs> well, a lot of blood is being shed all over the place. But yeah. As far as we know, that's the one time. These acts were getting attention both within Germany as well as internationally, and everyone was like kind of amazed at this happening. And what really threw them off was there was so much variety in both the victims and the variation in methods. And so they were kind of torn as to whether they thought it was one perpetrator or multiple perpetra perpetrators mm -hmm. committing the crimes. By the end of 1929, the police had received over 13,000 letters about the case, which I guess because they have phone. I don't know when phones were invented. They must have had phones. They had cars. Mm -hmm. Phones pre-date pre pre cars. Um, over 13,000 letters about the case from individuals, and more than 9,000 people were interviewed over 2,650 clues were investigated. I'm like, what clues are these? Like, a footprint? A broken axe. Right. Or a broken hammer, rather. Right. And a list of 900,000 potential perps was created. 
which is like a needle and a stack of needles. 900,000 is kind of a lot. After Gertrude Alberman, the five-year-old, was killed, Peter sent a note to the police saying where he had buried her, and a handwriting analyst determined that the map that he sent for Gertrude was the same handwriting as the person who sent the map about Maria Hahn's location. Mm-hmm. So they were like, same guy. They were pretty sure. In 1930, Peter continued to attack people, although he was less successful in his attempts than he had been before. Between February and May of 1930, he attacked 10 different individuals, harming them greatly, but none of those actually died. And for some reason, I don't know what changed, but all of the individuals were able to give at least pieces of information regarding their attacks and this kind of helped the police. Put well, probably together. now that people are on the lookout for somebody, right? Someone murdering someone, a else. vampire, you know. Yeah. On May 14, 1930, a 20 year old named Maria Budlik was approached by a man in Dusseldorf Station. So he did nothing during the war then? Because you kind of you jumped from like 30 to 40. I'm, in, I'm still in 1930. Not that you said 1940 just then. May 14, 1930. Oh. A 20-year-old woman named Maria Budlik was approached by a man in Dusseldorf Station. He offered to help her find a local hostel knowing that she was traveling, and she decided to follow him but became wary when he started to lead her to an area of town that didn't have a lot of people in it. She said she didn't want his help anymore, but that started an argument between the two people, and another man came up to intervene and help her, and that was Peter. And he said... Like, listen, I'll get you away. So he, like, took her away from that guy. And he brought her back to his house to have drinks and eat. And then he started to, it became pretty obvious that, like, when he put Marvin Gaye on that he was into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, But she did not want to have sex. So he said, okay, that's fine. I'll bring you to a hotel in the area. So he brings her out. And instead, he leads her into the woods not the musical. He starts to strangle her and rape her, but she starts screaming and that like freaks him out. So he lets her go and she runs off and he's like, it's fine. How many other women has it not affected him? I don't know how much. I don't know. This one just got to him. I don't know. Maria did not go to the police. Because she had just been raped, and like every woman ever in history, even till today, it's like a shameful thing that that happens. So she was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to go to the police. So she doesn't go to the police about it, but she writes a letter to her friend detailing her assault and is like, this is what's happening, and is looking for comfort. Oddly enough, she addresses the letter slightly wrong. So it gets stuck at the post office, and this is weird to me, but... Postcard opened her mail. Yeah, it op- they opened it. How often do you think that happens? Not that often anymore, probably, because people could be sending, like, anthrax, and then they don't want to... You think that's why every postal off worker is like, this could be the day this is anthrax? Yeah, probably. No. Okay. Post 9-11, yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, they open it and read it. And they're like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Golly. Um, and they give it to the police, knowing that there's an ongoing investigation about a bad man. And this fits a bad man description. The bad man? Yeah. Badman. Ten. Abby. Badminton Abby? Ten. Ten. Oh, God. <laughs> Struggles. Um, the chief inspector at the time, Inspector Gannat. Ganache. Let's just call him Inspector Ganache. Thought that the same man could be the dude. The same man. The dude. (laughs) No. The same man that raped Maria could be the Dusseldorf vampire. And therefore he like pursued that angle. And he brings Maria in to interview her. And she said that she had told Peter after the attack like. That she had no idea where he lived. That it's fine. Like, let her go. She has no idea. And he felt pretty confident about that. But she, she actually, lied. She knew exactly what his address was and led the police there who discovered the apartment belonged to Peter. Peter. Peter, Peter. Pumpkin eater. Did you spell his name with a Y? 
Like Peter Baelish from Game of Thrones. Where's the Y go? P-E-T-Y-R. No. Nope, it's regular. So Peter returns to his apartment. To find police And finds two police officers talking in the hallway. And he's like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. So he books it. And he's like, they've connected me to this vampire of Dusseldorf guy. It's wrong. So he runs and he goes to his wife and he goes, I raped Maria Budlik. And I could go to prison for it. And she goes, oh, okay. And she allows him to run and escape. And so he goes and he leaves town for a little bit, waits for things to kind of calm down, comes back. And then he goes, I'm the vampire of Dusseldorf. Because <laughs> I guess. He started the chain. Got it started getting off of his chest, getting it off of his chest. Yeah. But I mean, here's the one good guy, Peter thing. He's like, I'm the vampire of Dusseldorf. You should go and get any reward money associated with it. Like, now you have information. Go get reward money so you can have a good life. Good guy, Peter, at one moment. Yeah, they started getting off his chest, and he's like, oh, this actually, I'm okay with the way this feels. I guess. So Augusta goes to the police and tells them what she learned from Peter, and she said that she thought that if they, like, brought him in, he would probably confess to them, too. So she, Peter thinks that she's going to the police, telling them, and then coming back to meet him with money and stuff. But she goes to the police and brings the police to meet him with her. And they arrest him at gunpoint. When they bring him in, he admits to committing all of the crimes involved with the vampire of Dusseldorf case, as well as Christine Klein and Gertrude Franken, which were not tied to that. If you total it all up... He committed up to 68 crimes related with individuals, so varying from assault to rape to murder, etc. Ten of those were murders and 31 attempted murders. He said that his crimes were inexcusable, but had to do with his upbringing as a child, and that was kind of where he put all of the blame. And he said that the blood was the most important part of his sexual release, He drank the blood from three victims, actually, um, in different amounts. And the one that was the one where he bit her and drank it, he said he drank so much of her blood that it caused him to throw up. Nice. Coagulated blood. Too soon. I mean, it must, right? I guess. Yeah. Um, he also said that at one point when he was younger or in a lull or whatever, he had decapitated a swan to drink the blood and get the same sexual release. Nothing like masturbating to a headless swan, am I right? You don't want to, don't drink bird blood to get bird flu. Yeah, right. Um, he told his psychologist that his crimes were of a sexual nature, um, but they didn't actually have to do with sex and... They often coincided with periods of time that he was isolated. For example, when his wife was at work and things like that. Um, And that when he committed these murders and saw blood, that's when he felt relief. He felt all this tension, both like emotionally and sexually. And that was just like him letting go. He said, also, and we already knew this, but this is when he said that he switched weapons and people to kind of try to stay undiscovered, but um, he said that he had only ever had sex with victims to try to get the police to think that intercourse was the most important part and build their profile kind of off of that. Mm. But he said he really didn't care whether or not he actually had sex. Um... Psychologists who were working the case, which, like, can you imagine if you're a psychologist and they're like, here, come work this police case? And you're like, okay. And you show up and it's freaking Peter Curtin who, like, Curtin. Peter Curtin's who, like, drinks swan blood. Like Mine Hunter. I've never seen that. You know, I'm just like, the FBI had, like, this team that would go and talk to, like, murderers and serial killers and develop profiles based on them. Sounds like Criminal Minds. Um, yeah. 
On April 13, 1931, Peter, which was supposed to be my name if I was a guy, for the record. This could have been me. I dodged a bullet by not being born a male in terms of my sex. It's a, it's it's a, it's a what you call it, self fulfilling prophecy. Just kidding. I know a lot of Peters that aren't blood sucking murderers. Yeah. Yet, um, April thirteenth, nineteen thirty one. He was on trial. He was charged with nine counts of murder. I don't know how they like came up with these numbers because it was ten counts of murder and thirty one attempted, but they charged him with nine counts of murder and seven attempted. Seems Most a little weird. Proof. I don't know. He pleaded not guilty because... Reasons of insanity. Yeah, he's crazy. Which, um... Um, and something that I thought was super interesting was that when he was on trial, he was surrounded by guards, but also he was held in a shoulder-high iron cage. And I was like, oh, is that to protect people from him, like, going crazy and, you know whatever no actually it was to protect him because people who came to that trial were like victims families and stuff and they wanted to tear him apart so they put him in a cage with guards to protect him from dying so he gets shanked or whatever um at one point during the trial they asked if he thought he had a conscience to which he replies i have none never have i felt any misgiving in my soul Never did I think to myself that what I did was bad, even though human society condemns it. My Not crazy. Huh? Not crazy. Not crazy. My blood and the blood of my victims must be on the heads of my torturers. The punishments I have suffered have destroyed all my feelings as a human being. That was why I had no pity for my victims. And he wasn't tried as an insane person. I mean, that's like pretty... Eloquent. Eloquent and also like... He's like, do I have a conscience? No. I was raised in this environment where I was just completely tortured all the time. And, like, I don't think, obviously, it's not them to blame or whatever. But, like, his logic for what he believes is true is kind of sound. As sound as it can be. Right. But, like, he's not like, yeah, like, see that gremlin in the corner? He told me to do it. He's like, do I feel guilty? No, I lost my feelings when I had to have no feelings to try to remove myself from this situation that I was in. Which I get. Like, not in that way, but like, you've never been in a situation where you're like, okay, I'll shut feelings off for right now. And it was just so repeated that he was just like, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And after they questioned him and sentences like that, came up and stuff uh he changed his plea from an insanity plea to guilty and he said i have no remorse as to whether recollection of my deeds makes me feel ashamed i will tell you that thinking back to all the details is not at all unpleasant so he's like owning it the main psychologist on the case dr carl berg who wrote a book about it also um which might be hard to read because like 1930s it was like convoluted writing in my opinion but it's probably fascinating um he said that the crimes were 90 percent sadism and 10 percent revenge for his childhood and incarcerations they also determined that all of the crimes were premeditated and that they don't think that he was insane for one and he was able to stop if he determined that there was too high of a risk involved. And that's why some of them didn't go through. Like, some of them, like, they got away or whatever. Mm. But some of them, he just, like, stopped because he was like, oh, I can't go through with this. Like, I could get caught. Yeah. So he's, like, really aware of what's happening. At the beginning of his trial, Peter also confessed to drowning the two boys in his childhood. Um, That's just something that came up. And his defense at one point said that, hey, you know, some Shut of the, up. No. They said some of the details that he said were like 
changed a couple times during it. But um, the prosecutors were like, uh, well, he has so much detailed information about all of these cases and all of these murders that it has to be a guilty sentencing. So the trial was a total of 10 days long. And on April 22nd, Peter was found guilty of nine counts of murder and seven counts of attempted murder and was sentenced to death. By hanging? Nope. Chair? Nope. He did not display any emotion when he got his sentencing, but afterward he tried to appeal to get the death penalty removed, but that was denied. He went straight to somebody who, who he knew was against the death penalty in general, but they were still like, no. He then asked for permission to write apology letters to all of the families of the victims, which was granted. Why do you have permission for that? To write and send letters out? You could just write it and say, like, hey, send this. I don't know. On July 1st, 1931, Peter had his last meal, which was, any guesses? He's German. Liverwurst, bratwurst. No. Wiener schnitzel. Yeah! <laughs> It was wiener schnitzel, a bottle of white wine, and fried potatoes. Which, like, french fries? I don't know. Maybe not. He had two servings, by the way. And they were, like, fine. Two bottles of of wine? I don't know. I hope so. On July 2nd, 1931, he was beheaded by guillotine. I don't know if they still did that. I know France went until, like, the 80s. Well, apparently Germany went until at least 1931. Right before he was beheaded... He turned to the psychiatrist that was up there with him and said, Tell me, after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear, at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck? That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Yes, you can. His head was chopped off, and then it was bisected and mummified and looked at to see if they could tell via his brain as to why he committed all these crimes but couldn't. And after World War II... He lost his brain. His head was brought to Ripley's Believe It or Not in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And that's Peter Curtin. 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 Dell. The Vampire Berg. of Dusseldorf. You're welcome, and apologies at the same time. Whew. I don't think it's loud enough. It's a golf clap, though. So it can't, it can't be louder. It's over. You're... Was that not amazing, though? That yeah. story is ridiculous i don't know that i had heard of him that's what i'm saying though is like maybe because it's so flipping graphic and i'm sorry if you're here still listeners but i didn't see any podcast i had done it except last podcast on the left lpl but i don't know it's possible that others have done it there's and books wiki- on it wikipedia's just not up on it wikipedia yeah, I'm saying oh. Wikipedia hasn't said. No, I googled podcast and then his name. And I only got the one. Oh, man, though. Oh, man. Boy. Ooh, boy. I just brought Ooh-wee. you on a ride. Would you like something uplifting? Butt lifting? No, not Brazilian butt lift. 2019 would you like something strange uplifting oh my gosh this is amazing wow what a what an episode what a story and 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 my stfu is so good i told you it was so good i forgot what it was and now i remembered oh, wow okay <laughs> i was at wegman's grocery store grocery store in Ithaca, New York, and other locations in the Northeast. I was at Wegmans, and I was at the self-checkout, because I don't like talking to people, so I try and to avoid them. other baggers slash cashiers don't know how to bag. Yeah, they put, like, one onion in a bag, and then they're like, okay, and then they put, like, 
a thing of butter in a bag and they're like, okay. And it's just ridiculous. Anyway, so I'm at, <laughs> I'm at the self-checkout and there's a self-checkout machine to my left. And this woman is frantically and frustratedly trying to scan a lemon. Mm-hmm. And it's not working. I don't know the lemon code. I don't know the code either. But she's scanning, trying to scan a lemon. Because there's a little barcode type no. thing on. Some fruits stickers have like a little barcode thing. Not the ones at Wegmans. Those all need the PLU codes. Yeah, I'm saying when you buy bananas, there's a little like black and white, not necessarily barcode aligned, but there are black and white stripes on there. I tell you. Regardless. Anyway, all of the fruits and vegetables require PLU codes. Mm-hmm. You so she, no. So she. 4011. Po- Really? 4011. Wow. See? It requires a PLU code. She's scanning a freaking fruit. And she pushes the help button. The woman comes over. Can I help you? Yeah. This isn't scanning. And then the woman... My favorite. She just looks at her and goes, Well, yeah. A lemon doesn't just scan on its own. <laughs> That woman was probably furious in her mind. Which one? The woman trying to scan it. <laughs> she probably went home to her husband and was like... And then she said, well, yeah, lemon doesn't scan. What a bitch. <laughs> but, like, my favorite for that woman just being like... Yeah. You stupid. What do you want? <laughs> to just be like here's my code it's embedded in my skin (laughs) oh my god it was so good i'm just like holding first i'm holding my laughter watching this woman just like freaking scan this lemon or attempt to over and over and over and then this woman comes over and i was like what is she gonna say about this and she just says the sassiest thing possible and I just made this stupid, like, pucker face because I'm just trying not to laugh. And I'm like, I got to get out of the store. (laughs) I had to laugh so hard. It was so good. Oh, my God. Uh... I think you redeemed yourself. What? That's it. I think you redeemed yourself. That's, like, the best moment ever. That was such a good one. Right place, right time. Am Mm -hmm. I right? (sighs) Am I right or am I right? I'm either right right right. or right, but it's definitely one of those. All right, all right, all right. All right, (sighs) listeners, that'll do us for episode 20. When this comes out, we'll be in Canada. Yeah. I hope America's great again. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was going to say I hope America's still great while we're there. But anyway. Um, We'll be back with you next week unless we get detained at the Canadian border. Or smuggling pharmaceuticals back into the country. Pharmaceuticals? Why don't you smuggle some poutine or something? Cannabis. Um, But if you enjoyed what you heard, if you're still here, uh, follow us over on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, almost almost said MySpace, (laughs) Sad Tales Podcast. Um, And then we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Sad Tales Podcast. Yeah, so head on over to all those places and... If you like this, tell a friend or a foe. Or anyone, you know. Question mark? No. Period.